Middle East on the brink, North Korea on the brink, Iran increasing its aggression, elections in Taiwan. Look, there's a lot of global instability as we ourselves plunge into primary season. How have you sheltered your savings and investments from potential major setbacks to the economy? You think it can happen here? It can happen here, but it's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. And Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. As opposed to many other investments, Gold thrives in times of uncertainty. It is an important part of diversifying your savings. Now listen, here's how Birch Gold can help make it a part of yours. Birch Gold will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold. And it doesn't cost you a penny out of pocket. You want to learn more? Just text SAVAGE to 989898 for a free info kit. S-A-V-A-G-E, text it to 989898 and you get a free info kit. It costs you nothing. Just text SAVAGE to 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to arm yourself with the knowledge of diversification through precious metals. Protect yourself. Text SAVAGE to 989898 and claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Do it now. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Thank you very much. Birch Gold is the only gold company I trust. Text SAVAGE to 989-898. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. A kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time they get there. I speak 50 words of English. And I got 10 mil in the bank. I speak 50 words of English. And I got 10 mil in the bank, Jank. You speak 100,000 words of English. And you ain't worth jack. Because you ain't got no crack. All right, boys and girls, welcome to the Savage Nation for Friday. Here we are, supposed to bash the Democrats today, but they don't need any additional bashing. They did it last night. Kadoom. I mean, what can I say that you haven't already said to yourself watching these schmucks? What you're watching here is the extreme university wing of the Democrat Party acting out. This is the kind of crap that goes on in universities day and night. But they are so insular and so cut off from the average American that they think that they would sell this to you. Now, of course, on the other side, we have a man who can only be defeated by a man whose name begins with T and ends with P. We know that. So it's really not a slam dunk yet. Now, as far as polls go, it just shows you how skewed the Internet really is. You take the Great Drudge Report, which is the most significant website. I, I go to it every day. And their poll shows Amy Klobacher won in their poll. You know that's a distortion. Klobacher couldn't win Jack Crack. Nothing. Klobacher is like a Benebrith cake sale woman from eastern Pennsylvania. Now, that's not a put down. It's just an expression of what I think she is. A nobody. She's a nobody. How could she suddenly emerge as the front runner? Why is she emerging in these polls as a front runner? Either they're skewed by people who really want her to 
be the lead because they know Trump could trounce her, or because the others are so stupidly radical that even the Democrats are afraid that they have no candidate other than her, who is posing as a moderate when she isn't. See, I investigated old Amy, and guess what I found that no one else in the media has discovered? That's right, little old me, with my own mind, my own thoughts. She's a member of the United Church of Christ. Now, what is the United Church of Christ? Now, remember who I'm talking about. Miss Nice Woman, Amy, you know, old Amy Klobuchar. She's a member of the United Church of Christ, which is the most radical leftist of evangelical churches. Do you know who was a member of the United Church of Christ? None other than Barry Obama. And who else was a member of the United Church of Christ, if you think Amy is not a radical? None other than Reverend Wright. That's right. You heard it first in the Savage Nation. Remember Reverend Wright, who almost sank Obama's chances to be president? Do we have the Reverend Wright piece? I want to play it for a minute so you know the kind of church she grew up in. It's very telling to understand what house of worship a candidate goes to. We know that Bernie Sanders goes to the house of worship of Satan. We know the others. You know, whatever happened to the, the religious orientation of candidates, by the way? Uh, there used to be a time when that was a requirement in America, remember? Until the, the gender thing started in. Now no one has any religion at all. Now it's a mishmash with 100 genders and 100 gods, meaning no god at all. Even Donald Trump ought to once in a while be going in and out of that nice little church over by the uh, Adams Hotel that I stay in where he got married. It's a beautiful little church. In the beginning, he, he put it, in the beginning, he put in his church time, remember? In the, what, what happened to the, this country? How did we get de detached from God? And as a result, take a look at what's going on. But I'm not here to preach to you. I'm here to teach to you. Now, the worst of them all is, of course, Booker. He's the most racist of all. And what's ironic is Booker T. Washington was the least racist of all of those folks at that time. But this guy, who's obviously named for Booker, who was a great man, is no great man himself. Booker is a stone-hearted racist, as evidenced by the soundbite you're about to hear on the Savage Nation number three. If I am president of the United States, we will create an office in the White House to deal with the problem of white supremacy and hate crimes. And we will make sure that systemic racism is dealt with in up. substantive plans from criminal justice I reform to the disparities. In He's classically a racist by everything that came out of his filthy mouth. He's espousing such racism, it's hard to even listen to it. That's why I cut him off. So there it is, Booker. He's gone, finished. So she's emerged, according to the Drudge Report. I don't believe it. I believe that people who would even vote in, a, in an Internet poll at this stage are the fanatics. The average person's not into this at all, by the way. They don't care about it. Now, the best line of all of the entire debate that I, that I read was something, of all things, I don't watch it, was on The View. And there is a woman on The View who said that Bernie Sanders looks like he climbed out of a garbage can the view hosts reacted democratic debate bernie looked like he crawled out of a garbage can said the moderate amongst the uh fetid women on the uh on the view abby huntsman it's hilarious bernie has the bug eyes of a nutcase bernie is a schizophrenic probably a paranoid schizophrenic belongs in creedmoor in my uh early days i would say bernie sanders would have not been put into a mental hospital they just would have put him on a soapbox in union square 
where the other communists would uh, sound off against America. These are the people whose brother-in-laws had better suits, better cars, better shoes, and better wives. And the refuse of New York City would wind up espousing communism on, uh, on soapboxes in various parks. And that's who Bernie Sanders has always been. So he's now gone, finished. Who was the other one who's supposed to be competing with him? What, it was uh, Bernie, and then there was Biden. Biden, I don't know if Biden's teeth falling out really matters that much. I, I think people expect his teeth to fall out. But the record play, the record player piece was really funny. Do we have the record player piece by itself, uh, Robert? I'll tell you what we should do for the listeners. I could see they're dead in the water already. They're not listening. They're, they're bo- I think people don't care about this. I can see the mo- I can feel it. I have, I have a fifth, sixth sense with this radio business. I almost fell asleep before the show today. Despite the fact that we've been preparing since the morning, screaming, yelling, trying to get the sound for you, nobody gives a damn. It's still hot out there. It's still summertime for most people. No one's caring about an election coming up over a year from now, are you? Or maybe you are. I don't know. It's funny. Klobuchar breaks out while with hives. The headline of Drudge is Klobuchar breaks out. I don't know what she broke out with. Pimples, hives? Debate ratings surge. No one's watching it. No one really cares. You see that Pelosi's running to be the oldest speaker ever. She's going to run at age 80. What's to stop her? What's to stop her? Nothing. Meanwhile, there's $4 trillion in federal spending, which set a record through the month of August. No one can stop Trump from his mad spending. King Ludwig II would have been proud of him. I never saw anything like this. Where are all the fake uh, fiscal conservatives that were yelling and screaming when Obama was running up the budget? They're not to be heard. These are the same people who uh, all they do is salute the Constitution and Ronald Reagan. All of a sudden, they have nothing to say about the budget going through the roof. And, of course, they support the, the walrus because the walrus would have gotten us into four wars at once. The worst thing Trump ever did was hire the walrus. The best thing Trump ever did was fire the walrus. And so here we are, 855-407-282. If you get a sound off on the debates in one way or another, go ahead and make my day. But I want you to, again, hear my main point in case you missed it. And I put it on michaelsavage.com. Klobacher is a radical Obama and Reverend Wright are in the same United Church of Christ. So you say, what does that really mean? Well, all right, I did my research for you. Let me give you an example of what she stands for. The United Church of Christ is fundamentally Reverend Wright's church. They are on the side of the Palestinians against the Jews. Um, Let me break it down for you. Let me make it simple in plain English. They're for same-sex marriage. They're for educating children down to age one or kindergarten on on sexuality. They're involved in virtually all liberal social causes, abortion, uh, you name it. What about immigration? Where does Amy Klobacher's United Church of Christ stand on immigration? They call themselves an immigrant welcoming denomination. You know what that means, open borders. And they stand for a just and compassionate immigration reform that reflects our view of the worth and dignity of immigrants. I'm so sick and tired of hearing about the worth and dignity of immigrants. I care about the worth and dignity of American taxpayers, frankly. Now, where does her church stand on race? You can pretty much guess. They want conversations to end racism. Why don't you tell that to the gangs roaming the streets, beating people up or of a different race? Why don't you lecture them? Now, I know most of you care only about the uh, gun grabber. Beta O'Rourke, who's the craziest of all of them. He is such a phony. It comes through his very pores. 
It's like sweat coming out of a unicorn, his, uh, his phoniness. He isn't what he says. He isn't. A year ago, he was in favor of if you have your AR-15, you can keep your AR-15. Now he's for taking your AR-15. You know, did you know that? He said if you, if you have your AR-15, you can keep your AR-15. That was a year ago on a radio show. And now his Mayor Pete, the, the schmendrick of all, the biggest schmendrick in the whole crowd is this Pets from, uh, from the mayor. Where is he? In Indiana somewhere. What is, he, what is he selling, Mayor Pete? What is his primary? What is his, what's he selling that is different than anyone else? I have a husband, therefore elect me. That's, that's the whole reason we should vote for him, because he, he married his boyfriend. I know I have to add the, uh, the statement. I don't care what he does. It's up to the individual. Everyone can do what they want. God bless him, okay? That's the mea culpa, whatever. Is that enough of a reason to run for office that you married your husband if you're a man? As I said to you in the beginning, I really don't think America, no matter how radical to the left it's gone, is ready for two men in the White House. Some other thought of it in the Lincoln bedroom is not ready to, it's not selling in Kansas, let's put it to you that way. Then Biden would make sure you have the record player on at night. I'm sorry, folks. If he, you know, I was, someone called me and they said they feel bad for Joe. They feel very, very bad for Joe Biden. He looked so out of his league with the teeth. They keep pushing his tongue kicking back in. What is with the Martha Ray bridge? He never heard it. He's cheap. You know, this guy is a cheap guy. He's so stupid he never made money as a politician. That's the one thing I have to say going for and against Biden. Is he so dumb he didn't cash in on his president, his vice presidency? He's the only idiot who's risen that high and didn't make a fortune on the side. That shows you how dumb the, dumb the guy is. And his sons are smarter than him. They do business with Russia, Ukraine, China. Shady bank deals, you name it. Uranium, you name it. The sons are much smarter than him. So, I don't know. You know, people were saying to me they felt bad for him. I expect at any moment Jill Biden to come out from the side curtain, put her arm around and say, it's okay, Joe. You don't have to go on. You can go home now. Come on, honey. You've done the best you can. Come on. And the crowd would, hey, Joe, that's okay, Joe. Way to go, Joe. Everybody wanted him to walk off the stage. So who do you think is going to be the, the thing now from 2020? Klobacher? What is she selling? Tell me what she's selling. She looks like the boring girl next door that you'd want your dumb son to marry. Her father owned a haberdashery store in Minnesota somewhere. And uh, the son-in-law worked in the back for a while and took over the business. Is that, that's her whole appeal is that she looks like she's not a radical. She's the most dangerous of all because she looks not radical, but she's the most radical. Her politics are actually the most radical. Whatever the others were saying, she believes in. Whatever the others were espousing, she espouses behind closed church doors. But from your point of view, who won the debate? Now, as I say, I don't think these polls mean anything. On my little website, michaelsavage.com, home of this borders, language, and culture, we had the uh, who won the debate thing. And uh, if I check it right now and I vote, you want to hear the results? Biden, 15.9%. Booker, 0.8%. Buttigieg, 2.40%. Fidel Castro, 1.3%. Kamala, 0. Harris, 0.65%. She's a size queen, by the way. What is this thing about Trump's size? Do you think that was appropriate to say that Trump's a small man? I mean, you know, look, you know, Kamala, we know who you dated, okay? And we know the, the rumors, but it's enough already with the size references. You're not doing Saturday Night Dead. Klobuchar, 9%. O'Rourke, 2.6. Sanders, 3. Sanders dropped. 
Warren, 3.4. Yang, 60%. What's the appeal of Yang? I don't like his nostrils. There's something about his flared nostrils that looks too elitist to me. I'll be right back. Savage. Hey, here's a question. How did you sleep last night? Did you spend the night tossing and turning, worrying? Now, look, if you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, you've got to try a purple mattress. The founders of Purple are two brothers who have been developing cushioning technology for 30 years on things like medical beds, wheelchairs. Well, in 2016, they finally decided to use their patented comfort technology to create Purple, the world's most scientific mattress. Now, what does that mean? How is Purple different from other mattresses? Listen, the Purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced. Why? Because it uses the brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It was not like the memory foam that I'm used to or you're you're used to. No, no. The purple material feels unique because it's both firm and soft at the very same time. So it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable. Unlike foams, it's breathable so it sleeps cool. It ends up giving you the zero-gravity-like feel so it works for any sleeping position. Okay, 100-night risk-free trial. You're not satisfied? You can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty, free shipping and returns, free at home setup, old mattress removal. You ready? You're going to love Purple. And right now, my listeners will get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're offering site-wide. Just text SAVAGE to 84-888. The only way to get this free pillow is to do this. You ready? Text SAVAGE to 84-888. That's S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Text S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. S-A-V-A-G-E to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Chlorbacher. I haven't come up with a nickname for her yet, but I think it's going to work on the word claw. Clawbacher is a far-left radical, same church as Obama and Reverend Wright, UCC, don't be fooled. That's my tweet. That's reality. But look, truthfully, most of you don't give a rat's uh, ear earlobe about this right now. What is the number one thing bothering you about the government, the country, the news cycle, or the society today? Whatever it is, I want to talk about it. The phone number here is 855-400-7282, 855-400-SAVAGE. Remember, if you are listening to this show on the stream because uh, you cannot get it on a local radio station, you can still call the show by dialing the same number. There's no special number for streamers. If you're a streamer and uh, you want to sound off on something in America or the world that you think is important, uh, that's the number to call, 855-407-282. Mike in Illinois, line one. Go ahead. You're on the Savage Nation. What's your topic? Go ahead, please. Hey, Dr. Savage. I just wanted to say that... uh the 2020 Democrat field reminds me a lot of the 2012 Republican field because they had quite a few candidates that ran and said some pretty outlandish things. Even things that you criticize, like when Ron Paul said he wanted Iran to get nukes because their neighbors have nukes. And uh, the thing, the point is, no matter what crazy thing they said about how bad Obama was, it still didn't matter and it didn't stop him from getting reelected. So I think that's sort of where we're at with Trump. All right, I hear you. We have a list of the candidates in their religion. Booker, Christian, yeah, he's a Christian. Sure. Pete Bookkeg. Julian Castro. Uh, what would he mean faith? The only one that I thought had a chance is Tulsi Gabbard, a Hindu. 
and they threw her off the stage. You talk about racism. Why would they throw the only Hindu off the stage? Savage. Harris hits Trump manhood when you pull back the curtain. It's a really small dude. Now, no one seems to have caught on to what she was saying, except me. And uh, the debate moderator, George Stephanopoulos, who stands at five foot five, said, I'm not even going to take debate, Senator. This was not the first time that Harris has implied that Trump may have insecurities about his masculinity. In an August interview with CNN's Kung La, Kamala Harris scoffed at the president for mentioning the crowd size of a rally he held while visiting an El Paso hospital in the wake of a mass shooting. She said his preoccupation with size, I'll leave that for someone else to analyze, she said. So the second time you can see she has a size issue, which unto itself is not a bad thing one way or the other. But, right, it's more about her and her obsession with size than it is about Donald Trump because she's mentioning it over and over again. Does this disqualify her? No. But what do you mean when you pull back the curtain? It's a really small dude. Okay, that's something they would say behind the scenes, her and, you know, the the San Francisco crowd. 855-407-282. If you care to comment on any of these topics, I think you're sicker than I am. Because no one cares about this stuff. So I think I'm going to play some sound. Is this what I evolved for? Is this what my ancestors survived pogroms, diseases, earthquakes, tornadoes, uh, everything imaginable so that I could sit here and talk about these nobodies, these non-entities. I told him a picture of my great-grandfather on the wall who I never met. I only got it last year, so I was doing genealogy. And they got a daguerreotype of the poor guy. He died in 1850. I never met him. And I, I stare at it every day. Like after I do a show thing, a, sh- a spiel, I stand up and look at the picture. Now, sometimes I see him smirking at me. Sometimes, very rarely, he approves of what I'm saying. Uh, most of the time, he frowns like, like the, this is what... I could hear him saying, I could hear him in heaven, looking down, like, this is what we struggled for? You should talk about this stuff? I, I hear, I certainly I talk to this thing. I, I put it in my book, A Savage Life. It's actually such a good piece that I shouldn't read it to you right now. You'll be casting uh, pearls before uh, the swine of this debate. Maybe I should go into religion at this phase of my life. You ever think about that? You ever think about leaving what you're doing and like at the last? You know what? Uh, Tolstoy did that in the last phase of his life. He had vast estates in Russia, and at the end, he didn't like any of his money and his stuff, and he wanted to give it all away. Luckily for the family, the wife was a pragmatist. She said, schmuck, Leo, what are you doing? You're not giving it away to the poor. No, he, I mean, it's a serious truth. Leo Tolstoy became socialist toward the end of his life, and he wanted to disavow all of his wealth and give his estates to the poor. It was like a, the, the Russian Revolution was brewing. So Mrs. Leo Tolstoy said, what, are you crazy? You're not giving anything away. Get out of here. So this is what happens when you're old. It's either you become Biden with your teeth falling out or you. But I'm thinking maybe I should go into religion because I don't think I can take another day of this. Do you realize what this does to my psyche to have to talk about this stuff? It's actually mind-numbing. It's like jawline treatment. It's like rubbing jawline treatment on my brain here. Okay, here we go again. Let's play some sound bites. Do we play the record player piece yet? Here is Schmendrick Biden who wants to run the free world, giving parenting advice to make sure you have the record player on it. Are you listening to this? 
Listen to clip five. We have to make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three, four, and five-year-olds go to school. School, not daycare, school. We bring social workers into homes and parents to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's mm-hmm. not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. Play the radio. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night. The, the, the phone. Make sure the kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time they get there. He mixed a few things together there. He heard different things and he couldn't quite put the, uh, the pieces together to make a, a, a cogent point. Kids coming from poor school will hear four million fuel words spoken by the time we get there. Okay. Well, that's why I did my rap song, 50, 50 Words of English. Does it matter anymore? These morons speak 50 words of English. They make $50 million a year. I, I have a vocabulary of about 300,000 words. I don't make $50 million a year. The lower the vocabulary, I think, the higher the income. Beto, directed mass shootings. Okay. Ah, Schmendrick, he's finished. Racism is endemic. Jorge Ramos. I like, you know, where did Ramos all of a sudden, who hates America and white people from Univision, suddenly attack Bernie Sanders and put him on the spot? I thought that was bizarre. That Jorge Ramos, who hates Trump, hates America, hates white people, at least on the face of it, would put Bernie Sanders on the spot in clip 11. Tell me what you think. What are the main differences between your kind of socialism and the one being imposed in Venezuela. Hold it, hold it. I just got it. Cuba and Nicaragua. Hold it, hold it. I just realized that Jose Ramos reminds me of, there used to be a character that was in the comedy that they'd make up a guy who sounded like him. A, a guy, like someone did a mock Hispanic accent that sounded like Jose Ramos. And yet here's Jose Ramos uh, putting Sanders on the spot. Listen to it again. Jose Ramos in the next spot. What are the main differences between your kind of socialism My name is Jose and, and the one being imposed in Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua? In terms of democratic socialism, to equate what goes on in Venezuela with what I believe is extremely unfair. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what you I there. believe in terms of democratic right, socialism. Turn it off for it. Yeah, I, yeah, what you believe, you deadbeat, bum, communist scum, you. I know what you believe in. You believe in taking what's not yours and breaking what you couldn't create, you piece of garbage, you dignity he wants democratic socialism is a front for communism that's all Jorge now Jorge and then Bernie goes on to the highest child poverty rate again that's my problem I created the child poverty why is that my problem who created the child poverty me who who created the child poverty evil America listen to this now clip 13 guess what (laughs) you're guessing all right here's the answer we are the wealthiest country in the history of the world. Because of you? And yet we have the highest child poverty rate of almost any country on earth. Hold it. Do you know why? Because we import too many of the poor, you schmuck you. Of course we have the highest poverty rate of any country on earth. Because we're bringing them in from Nicaragua, El Salvador, and every other hellhole on, on the planet. Their own countries don't want to take care of them. That's why we have high child poverty rate, you idiot, you. No, 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 no. Warren, yes, I'll shape foreign policy on global warming. Warren didn't break out. She seemed for what she is, a nobody. Then Julian Castro with the Spanish speaking. That's really not playing very well in Kansas. Harris sounds tipsy as she answers question on gun control. 
Yang offers free cash. I want to know why Yang was allowed to stay in while Tulsi Gabbard was kicked out. The only one who could have taken Trump on, and it's better that, he, that they did kick her out, was her. She was far more appealing than anyone on that stage. Let's see, Jorge Ramos. Let's hear number 20 so you can hear this switch, the switch track. We appreciate the opportunity to welcome Latinos across the country and to ask about Latinx issues during these challenging times. En este país también se habla español. Este debate se realiza en un momento muy difícil para los Latinos en Texas y en todo Estados Unidos. Great, wonderful. We're a bilingual nation. Terrific. What's 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 the big deal? What's the big deal? I can speak Spanish. I studied for seven years. I never liked Spanish as a language. I'll be honest with you. I trouble with it. The tilde got to me. There's like something about the tilde. I couldn't relate to the language. You know, a little thing on top of the ends. I had trouble with Spanish as a language. In fact, I had trouble with it in high school. Was it high school? I then, I had to go to Alley Pond Park, speaking of the park, Cunningham Park. And I pondered for a whole afternoon one, one day that I can't get, I can't do this language. I just don't like it. I don't know what to do. I didn't want to take it anymore. So I switched to French. And somehow I like I liked the French language. I got along better with it. And then when I went to college, I had two languages. I had no trouble with either Spanish or French. I took exams in both. It just shows you some languages you have an affinity for, some languages you don't. And then if you want to get into the issues of Spanish as a language, I can understand Castilian Spanish quite well. In fact, sometimes on TV I'll watch Castilian Spanish shows from Spain, and I understand the speakers. I have a lot of trouble with non-Castilian Spanish. It's very hard for me to understand it. But, okay, that's just a personal uh, uh, thing for me. It's neither here nor there. 855 Let's play another few sound bites for the listening public in case you missed it last night. Or, as I said to you, if there are any topics other than these that you are interested in, or that you feel are more important than the debates that no one is talking about, what is the number one thing bothering you about the country today that you would like to express on the Savage Nation now by dialing 855-400-7282? Is it Kamala Harris talking about size? You think that's important. Is it the seizure of guns? Don't call me on that. I'm so bored of the topic. They're not coming for your guns. It's not happening. The Second Amendment is clear. It's established law. It's established law. <laughs> Even when they were grilling her, what's her name, the, on the Supreme Court, they asked her about it. She said it's established law. They gave her a Second Amendment lit- litmus test. That's all. So that there's people like going into like tri- crypts at night now in South America, like touring the crypts of the dead. What's that about? What, what, why are people obsessed with the dead now and death? Now, I saw it in the Drudge Report. It really freaked me out a little bit. Uh, people are going into crypts where the dead are and walking around in the dark in the Uruguay. What is that about? People are obsessed now with this, going into, like, cemeteries, going up into the uh, crypts, visiting the, not even their relatives. Look at this uh, article. Taliban stronger than ever after U.S. spends $900 billion. Are you listening to this? How did that happen? Listen, to Taliban stronger than ever after U.S. spends $900 billion. How is that possible? How, how did they get so strong? Afghan Taliban stronger than ever after U.S. spends $900 billion. This is terrible. 
This is incredi- incredible, rather. 18 years later, the U.S. has spent nearly $900 billion, 147,000 people died, and the Taliban are growing more confident of returning to power. The militant group of Muslims controls half the country, more territory than any time since they were toppled in 01. And they've come close to a deal with the U.S. that could give them even more power, even after President Donald Trump abruptly put the talks on hold. Many Afghans are growing disillusioned with the American-backed regime in Kabul and its inability, along with its foreign allies, to contain not just the Taliban, but another deadly insurgent group, the Islamic State. The poor people. Just such a horrible thing. I know people who lived under the uh, radical Islamists. Uh, You have no idea what they are. Most of you are so stupid living in America, you think this is the norm for the world, that if someone looks at you the wrong way, you scream racism, that that's a crime against humanity. If you only knew, if you had any idea what really goes on in a sick, crazy world of racism, go and visit the Taliban in Afghanistan, and you'll come to understand what racism truly is. Well, why don't you try to walk in an Israeli shoes for one day? Then you'll know what racism is when you have to face the existential threat of the Muslims trying to drive you off your land. Then you'll understand what threats really are, you morons, you and Berkeley. Savage. I'm trying to, does anyone really care about this stuff? I actually don't know if anyone watched it. Husband and wife in viral Disneyland brawl on no shows at court. A day off from the welfare office, they got into a fight. Judge suspended for allegedly groping woman's breast. What is this crazy garbage? Donald and Melania warned son Baron not to vape. Who would vape? What moron would vape? Who would even smoke marijuana unless they're stupid? Why would you smoke that poison? Tell me what you need that crap for. Suddenly it's the magical cure for everything. What a dumb country we live in. Why do you think it's called dope? Because it makes you smarter? Try to do math while you're on marijuana. Try to fly an airplane while you're on marijuana. You idiots, you. Don't you understand it's part of of the whole problem of trying to make you stupider? The Westwood One Podcast Network. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. You know, I've called this out in no uncertain terms on August 3rd and every day since then, and I was talking about it long before then as well. Racism in America is endemic. It is foundational. We can mark the creation of this country not at the 4th of July, 1776, but August 20th, 1619, when the first kidnapped African... Turn it off. I don't want to hear it anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm just sick of listening to these demagogues. Here's an Irishman using his father-in-law's money to foment hatred in America, and he wants to be president, you hear? And then you got the rest of them, Klobacher. I did research for you that no one else has done. You think of this now. You got a whole media out there hundreds and hundreds of people working for these big organizations. You got big stars in radio, big stars. No one did what I did. I did the obvious. 
She is a stealth candidate. She's as radical as all of them. She plays like the nice lady next door who bakes cakes at the church. But I looked into what church she belongs to, and she belongs to the United Church of Christ, and that is the same church that Obama and Reverend Wright belong to. So how could you be fooled by her? She's against Israel. She believes in open borders. Go down the whole list because that's her. She's not the girl next door. Not at all. It's like Eva Braun, man. So let's play um, something for you that I think you'll remember. This is the church. Here is the reverend, the most famous reverend who have ever emerged from the United Church of Christ. Listen carefully. I think you'll know him. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God bless America. No, no, no. Not God bless America. God America that's in the Bible for killing innocent people. God America for treating our citizens as less than human. Well, as you know, that was Obama's preacher for 20 years. Then he made believe he never heard him. But it didn't, it didn't stop him from becoming president, did it? So what would you like to talk about? I could switch gears if you want and get off the whole political thing if you like. We don't have a lot of time when you think about it. I mean, when you have a man of my brain and my intellect and my background and my knowledge base, and I'm wasting my time talking about these foul-mouthed fools, you know, maybe you want me to talk about something else. I'll, I'll do whatever you want, whatever the topic may be. Whatever it is, though, don't ask me about uh, hair, anything to do with the hair or impotence with nutrition. I don't want to answer that question. I remember when I used to do um, nutrition radio before I was in political radio. I did a, a Saturday night show in New York, and I get calls. They were always about the same thing. Truckers would stop their trucks. No matter what topic you brought up, they wanted a cure for baldness and a failure of erection. That's all anyone wanted to ask me. I mean, I don't want to do that anymore. First of all, we have cures for that today. Most people who are losing their hair just shave their hair off and they do go for the bald look. So that's over with. Being bald is no longer a deficit. That's number one. As far as the other thing goes, I mean, there's enhancement drugs out there. Or scongeli, one or the other. Whatever you want. You want to take the drug or scongeli, it doesn't matter to me. But what are the topics that really uh, are on your mind? 855-4072. Here's a good caller out in, look at this, Truckee, New York. I mean, Truckee, California. Jamie in Truckee, California, thanks for listening. Welcome to the program. Hey, Dr. Saj, it's great to talk to you. I'm a long time. How are you listening to me in Truckee? I'm not on a station up there, am I? Uh, I do the I do the, the iHeart thing on the, on the phone. It's great. You stream it. Yeah, okay, I got it. So that you can hear me anywhere now, even in Nome, Alaska. What's the topic that's bothering you the most? I'm a UC Berkeley alumni like yourself, and I've been oh. on my journey. Um, you asked earlier, what is the biggest problem facing America? And uh, I know you've been harping on this a lot, but i got to say it's suspending it. I don't know how Trump's going to get up there and, and debate. I don't, are you the only one who understands how big an issue this is? It's, it's critical. It's gonna, it's Why don't we ever hear it from the great Rush Limbaugh? Why doesn't he ever mention it? Isn't he the greatest savior of America? Him and his pals uh, in, the, in the Rush cartel? Why, all of a sudden, they don't care about spending? It's insane. And, I mean, if you look at the proposals, some of these things like those health care plans that you'd have to tax every millionaire above, every millionaire at 100% and double the middle class taxes and still not even fund it. And that would be an easy argument for Trump to make, but he's got such a poor record himself. To right. Why is Trump such a big spender? Do you have, that's the real question. Why is he spending like a drunken sailor? I think he just had to make a compromise. He basically knew that he couldn't have that have the whole uh, stop government issue being a thing going into the election next year. The day so in other words, he's, bu he's basically buying the economy? 
Pretty much. I mean, four trillion dollar federal spending sets record through August. I think four trillion dollars. Now, if we looked at numbers like this under a Democrat, wouldn't we on the other side be yelling about it? I think we are. Jamie, why does this bother you up in that beautiful place on Earth? You're in one of the greatest, most beautiful places on the planet, Truckee, California. Why is this bothering you in particular? I'm, I'm just curious. It's just not sustainable. You know, we, we, are, we are the richest nation in, in the world. We've got all these great opportunities, but if we just can't do the most basic fundamental math of reeling it in and spending like adults. It just doesn't make sense. Are you, are you a businessman? I am. I'm a business owner, actually. Okay, well, there's your answer. And you know that a business owner, as a business owner, you cannot spend your way into prosperity. Well, that's like fifth grade math, but yeah. <laughs> well, right. In other words, you have to meet a payroll and you have to pay taxes and you have to show a profit. But the government doesn't have to show a profit. And you want to hear the real sad truth of this, and I have to say it now. Uh, I think that the truth is more important to me than whether or not I'll be invited for an ice cream cone with the president, although I would appreciate that. I think the sad truth is that Donald Trump is fundamentally running America the way he ran his businesses. And he, he ran his businesses based on loans and low or no taxation. As you well know, if you're in the real estate business, you know that they pay almost no taxes on their profits. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. People don't know that. I mean, I spoke to some of the biggest developers in the world, and I was shocked to learn that let's say you own a, a building worth $300 million. You, be, you pay no taxes on those buildings by rolling the money into another building. And I think that Trump comes from that background of either paying low or no taxes and, of course, borrowing and then renegotiating the loans with the lenders. He can't do that as a, as a man running a nation. But he hasn't yet moved to this level of understanding this is not a business, it's a nation. It's two different things. And I think this is the problem, but it's not his problem per se. It's the fact that we're taking in too many deadbeats into the country. Welfare is too generous. There are too many lazy people going to Disneyland every day on the government dole, et cetera, and so on. There are too many phonies on government disability. I, I can go down the list. I don't know wh where this ends, but it will end. You know and I both know it's going to blow up one day, right? I, I do. I agree. And if you don't mind, can I shift gears and ask you a life coach nutrition question? I promise it's not about impotence or baldness. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um. You said a long time ago that, um, I, you know, I, I, I learned to eat when I was in my 30s, and uh, I'm into the superfoods and stuff like that, and you said that there was a phytotoxin or a mycotoxin that was present in spirulina protein. I try to stay away from too much animal protein, but um, tell us more about the phytotoxins in spirulina and why that would be. I, honest to God, I don't recall that, and I don't want to make it up. I don't remember the phytotoxin in spirulina. I don't remember the the show, nor the reference. You know, it's funny you should bring up diet today. I'm going in the exact opposite direction of my 40 years of living like, living like a Spartan. I'm starting to eat garbage I haven't eaten in 40 years. Like this morning, I was in a supermarket, and they have pre-made foods, you know, like eggs, you know, that the workers get. The eggs that you don't normally, you look at the sausages, the eggs, the potatoes, right? You wouldn't eat any of that, correct? Correct, but I'm actually lucky because in our in our lifetime now, I can actually go to a grocery store and not shop around the edges. The stuff in the middle is kind of getting. Yeah, I, I bought I bought four of the link sausages to eat while I was shopping. I, I just don't care anymore. I really don't care anymore. I'm telling you, I'm reaching a point of no return. 
It's one of the least important problems in my life right now is diet. No, but I still watch myself very carefully. I still take mega nutrients. I'm loaded with, with vitamins. I'm sorry I don't have an answer on the spirulina, but I'd be very careful with uh, products such as that because we don't know where they're grown. We don't know what toxins may or may not be in the water where or the bed in which they're growing and things of that nature. And um, when it comes down to diet, I'm sure you're a big exerciser, right? Oh, you know, I do it like yourself. I kind of work out lightly with dumbbells and this and that. I don't, I don't want to. What's that? What's that uh, saying of Mark Twain? I get my get my exercise. Oh, I loved. It. I quoted him three times this week. Once in English, yeah. uh, once in Italian to an Italian waiter. I played the the Google uh, language piece for me. Laughed hysterically, and then once in Kurdish. Laughed hysterically. I played it in Turkish. I get my exercise by walking to the funerals of my more athletic friends. Yeah. Which is still funny. I mean, it's a very funny line. It really is. Well, uh, I wish you the best of luck. I'm so honored that you listen to me in Truck EE, and it's still my favorite, uh, one of my favorite towns in the world. It always has been. Let me send you a copy of my book, A Savage Life. There may not be wisdom in it, but there's a lot of humor in it. I'll be right back. Savage. You know, I, I, I grew up as an immigrant son. My father was an immigrant, and he was very poor. He started with a push car, talk about business. And he never became rich. He had a little store, took care of the family. My mother never had to work. He paid for the house. It was all good, okay? But I, I remember writing about to when my father had his heart attack. And I got to read it to you from A Savage Life. It's kind of It's kind of sad in a way and funny in another way. And I don't mean to denigrate my father, but he was an immigrant who was very poor. And he had his first heart attack. And so it's great trauma to the family because he was this great, strong man yelling, telling everybody what to do. And he was usually right. Finally, the patriarch of the family was laying under oxygen. Number one son is ripped from college, has to take over getting the family income. So I would open up my father's antiques market every morning and try to do a little business. I didn't do badly, though. I brought home a few five, six hundred bucks a week gross income. Who knows what it netted? Nevertheless, there was a little cash flow coming into the house. Well, you guessed it. It wasn't good enough for the old man. Under oxygen, he gets my report. How's business? Not bad. Mo came in. He took his lamps. What? What lamps? He says to me. Don't let any of those sons of bitches bullshit you. Oh, I shouldn't say that. They'll come in and they'll tell you, hey, how's Benny? And this and that. And they'll look to rob a pair of candelabra on you that cost me $750. All right, that's not good enough. He's laying under oxygen there, a week in the tent. He remembers he gets a bug in his head. In front of the antiques, he sold old clothes. To always be safe, he had it all figured out. In front, he sold used clothes, a rusty razor blade, an old knife, an old fork, binoculars that he bought at an auction, and he took in a small amount of money. He always said it made lunch money. If the antiques didn't sell, he'd make money from the junk in the front. And as you progressed back in his little store, the merchandise became more expensive, until finally at the top tier was the expensive stuff. So under oxygen, he remembered a lot of his clothes that were out there, and he says to me, now remember, he's in an oxygen tent, Monticello Hospital, and he says, how are the clothes going? Who remembered clothes? To me, it was a bunch of rags. We'd throw the boxes out and let the bums go through it. He said, well, what about the sweater? I said, what sweater? The ski sweater, the good black sweater, the Austrian sweater. I don't know about no sweater, I said. I sold it to someone for about 25 cents. That did it. In his oxygen, they almost had to come in and give him a sedative. That his stupid son, running the family show, sold a sweater worth at least $3 for a quarter. That was all that was on his mind. Now, his beautiful paranoia was a reflection of his image of the world. 
which was based largely on his many years working among the cream of society of the Lower East Side of New York. Take the way he entered his little stand in the market. He never walked into it. He backed into it. I didn't know from backing in and walking in forwards whether to go in sideways. There was a little corridor entering his booth, and then in front was the merchandise. He'd always warn me, you'll always walk in backwards. Never take your eyes off them. You take your eyes off them for a second, they'll hit you like a hawk, he'd say. They'll look you right in the eye, and they'll talk to you, and they'll wait for you to blink. And the minute you blink or you sneeze, boom, you lost something, and you'd never know it. And I'm just giving you... It's kind of it's kind of a little maudlin in a way. Robert, is it good reading that stuff or not? Did you like it? Robert liked it. I got to entertain the boys. Now, I never learned how to walk in backwards in college. I got to tell you that. When I went to college, no one taught me to watch out for my fellow man. But you know what? They should have. My father wasn't wrong. He was right. As I point out in A Savage Life, there's a lot of wisdom in there. 855-407-282. And we're going to go to the callers on the Savage Nation on the topic of, I guess, the debates. We've got to go back to that, get it out of our system. Most of you didn't watch it. Some of you did. It was the usual left-wing trash. And uh, I think I would be remiss if I did not play the uh, record player on at night, which you played. We played Booker. We played Biden. We Booker says he's going to create a White House office for white support. Premacy. He's the most racist man I've ever seen running for the presidency. Why don't we talk about his racism? Is it illegal to talk about Booker's apparent hatred for white people? And could we say that therefore he has a racism of his own that should be looked at? Then the Beto guy is nuts altogether. And I have to play clip number seven because it's getting the most play. Let's hear it. If it's a weapon that was designed to kill people on a battlefield, if... The high-impact, high-velocity round, when it hits your body, shreds everything inside of your body because it was designed to do that so that you would bleed to death on a battlefield and not be able to get up and kill one of our soldiers. When we see that being used against children, and in Odessa, I met the mother of right, a 15-year-old girl who was shot are, by an on. AR-15. I don't want to hear and that mother- Turn it off. I don't have a solution to the problem. How's that? But the Second Amendment is established law. Even Sotomay, it's not Sotomay, the other one. What's that woman's name on the Supreme Court? The other is there one? any doubt uh, uh, after wait, the wait, Oh, this is great, Howard Robert. Oh, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. During her confirmation hearings, Kagan, a radical leftist judge from New York, was asked about the Second Amendment by Leakey Leahy. Listen to the answer. Is there any doubt uh, after the court's decision in Heller and McDonald that the Second Amendment to the Constitution secure as a fundamental right for an individual to own a firearm, use it for self-defense in their home? There is no doubt, Senator Leahy. That is binding precedent, entitled to all the respect uh, of binding precedent in, in, in any case. So that is settled law. Settled law. So even the most radical judge on the Supreme Court established the Second Amendment is settled law. It's settled law, Beto. You're not taking my guns. The Westwood One Podcast Network.